Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Hallelujah. Uh, welcome everyone tonight. Uh, for those at home, we welcome you as well. Uh, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the privilege to break bread, to hear your word, to hear it being spoken, being preached, being taught. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful. The Bible says the entrance of, of your word, give it light, produces light. And so, Father, we thank you for illumination tonight, for revelation will flow unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. Father, we thank you for the presence of the Holy Ghost permeating the atmosphere. Lord, I yield myself completely to you. None of me, but all of you. Lord, speak what you want to say. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Before we start tonight, I feel a stirring in my spirit to encourage somebody. It might be somebody in the house or somebody watching tonight. These two shall pass. I actually shared that with somebody earlier in the week. But as I was praying there, I felt a stirring in my spirit to say to somebody in the house, these two shall pass. And the Lord gave me a scripture. He said, can a woman forget their sucking child? Yet they may forget. But I, the Lord, will not forget you. Because I've inscribed you in the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. I'm stuck on you like white on rice. Amen? So whatever you're going through tonight... If you are going through a difficult path, I, be, I believe that's for many somebodies tonight. Oh my God. The Lord is saying, this too shall pass. No matter how difficult it looks like right now, no matter how dark it seems right now, the Lord is saying, this too shall pass. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So welcome. Uh, to the service tonight. We have been going through an interesting journey with the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest with you, when, uh, when we started, the material that I pre- prepared for week one, we are still on it. I'm serious. The material that I prepared for week one, we are still on it. So I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. Uh, the way I'm flowing is to say what he wants to say, not to go by some agenda that I have. In fact, as I was praying earlier, and even uh, a few minutes ago, I was saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm not going to run, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to follow you. So if, we, if he wants me to stay in week one for the entire teaching, so be it. Um, and if pastor will give me more weeks, <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> But uh, I know uh, there's a program that the church has, and we're going to talk about that too. Uh, I'm hoping as the Holy Spirit leads uh, as we move forward tonight. So let's get into the material. So last week we've talked about several things, the last two weeks rather. We've covered several things, and I want to quickly wrap them up so I can move into what I believe God put in my heart tonight. 
we mentioned that ministry gifts exist, the fivefold ministry, and we also talked about uh, the office, that, you know, the fivefold office and the ministry gifts that goes along with it. We also mentioned that there are non-ministry gifts, gifts of helps, uh, military, photography, business, music, military, I mean, you name it. Doctors, lawyers, military, pilots, astronauts, painters, plumbers, all of those are also gifts. Amen? And God wants us to use it. Uh, and we also emphasize in the first week and the second week that what God is looking for is faithfulness in what he has called you to do. I don't have to copy Mike. Mike doesn't have to copy me. I don't have to copy Dave. He doesn't have to copy me. Just do what God has called you and graced you to do. Amen? And we also mentioned that your gift grows as you mature, as you develop it. You know, my daughter drove me to church today. Uh, for those of you that you are in that stage where your daughter is driving and she's got a permit or he, <laughs> praise the Lord. A lot of praying and a lot of fasting and, and sometimes some screaming in the car. Slow down. <laughs> so you, you have some grace in, that, in those seasons because I remember when I was learning and uh, even though when I was learning, I think I was all of that on a bag of chips. But nobody is like that. You know, there are some areas of growth and development. And when we were coming in today, I saw the way she was driving. And me sitting on the driver's side, I was like, you know, I would have done it this way. I would have done it this way. Well, I've got like 20 years of experience over her, maybe more than that. So there is grace that God uh, uh, apportioned to us as we go through the season that is walking us through. So develop, grow. And use the gift that God has given you. And one last thing I want to say about that, Romans eleven twenty nine, The Bible says the gifts, plural, and the callings, plural, of God are without repentance. Meaning God will not change his mind. What he has called you to do is talk on you like white on rice. What you have to do is discover it. Once you discover it, run after it. Amen? The gifts and the calling. And as I was studying it earlier in the last week, I found out the gifts and the calling, they are two different Greek words because this is the New Testament. Gift is charisma and callings is the word classes. So that's a homework for you. Go and study it out. Gifts and callings are without repentance. So go and study it out for yourself, because if we go through the rabbit trail, we probably won't get out. Uh, we also mentioned that it's scriptural to test your revelation, test your prophecy, test your visitation. Amen? I'm going to run through some quick uh, verses that we've looked at. First Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21. The Bible says, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, Old fast, that which is good. I love to eat corn, corn on the cob. You don't eat the husk. When you are done with the corn, you throw away the husk. The same thing with uh, different kinds of fruit that has some type of husk or seed. Once you are done with the fruit, you throw it out. So what God is saying is, when you hear prophecy or revelation or whatever, any type of revelation, hold fast to that which is good and then throw away the garbage. Amen? 
Praise the Lord. And he said not to despise prophesying. And of course, we talked about developing your gift and growing your gift. The Bible also said in 1 Corinthians 14.10, this was one of our assignments, 1 Corinthians 12.13 and 14. If you read it, you come across verse 10 where it said, There are, it may be, so many kind of voices in the world, and none of them without significance. In other words, the way the, the Lord explained it to me is, there are voices that are coming from two camps, the camp of God and the camp of the enemy. Both of them have an agenda. The camp of the enemy is to destroy, to kill, to steal, and to destroy, John 10.10. 10. The camp of God is to encourage, to empower, to lift up, to, you know, all the good stuff. So when you hear the voice, when you hear the revelation, when you hear the dream, when you hear an angelic visitation, whatever you are getting, it has to be in alignment with the written word. I gave us a good example last week. I hope James still likes me. <laughs> I gave us a good example last week. If somebody gets a word like that, you know that's not from the Lord. Amen? So you have to test whatever revelation you are getting. It may be legitimate. You are literally looking at an angel. But the Bible also told us and warned us that Satan himself would transform to an angel of light. And his objective is to deceive, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. 1 Corinthians 14, 29. The Bible says, let two or three prophets speak and let the other judge. But if anything is revealed to another one who sits by, let the first one keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn, that all may be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophet. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all of the churches of the saints. So that is self-explanatory. I don't want to get into it because each of those verses, we can stay on it for hours and hours. So it talks about the administration of prophecy in church. So if you have prophets and members of the church that are receiving messages talking about the order. So it's not like four of us get up and start giving a word. There'll be chaos. You can't hear what anybody is saying because four people are talking at the same time. So he's talking about order, but he also gave us a revelation there that you may all prophesy. I also mentioned last time that for you to prophesy, one of the requirements is number one, you're born again. And when the Lord is prompting you, you yield to it. Many people don't yield to it because of fear. How, am I, how do I know that what I'm saying is of the Lord? How do I, you have to take baby steps. How do babies know that when they get up, they're not going to fall? They're probably going to fall. They're going to make some mistakes here and there, but eventually you own that gift. And one of the things that helps you settle down in your prophetic gift or your prophecy is having a strong foundation of the Word of God. Because the word of God and the gifts, they agree. I will keep on emphasizing that because that's the foundation. So you have to understand that. And prophecies must be judged in the light of the written word because the Bible instructed us to do so. 
It didn't say judge the prophet. It said judge the prophecy. Okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says uh, also prophecies must be judged because, this is very important, the Holy Spirit is manifesting that gift through an imperfect vessel or a vessel that is maturing. Okay? So I mentioned last time that I learned from uh, one of my mentors uh, that he mentioned that in learning and growing in his prophetic gift, he found out that as you mature, over time, the content of your message will be closer to 100%. But in the early stages, of the, your flesh might be involved. Amen? So we need to know. That's why the Bible says we should judge prophecy. And I think that's plenty. Um, one last section that I want to cover real quickly. How can you tell if somebody is speaking by the Holy Spirit or by an evil spirit or by a familiar spirit? I'm going to run through that real quickly. There is a witness in your spirit. We've talked about that. Uh, the primary way that God ministers to you and told you that you are a child of God is by an inward witness, the witness of the Holy Spirit. Whatever they are saying or doing gives glory to God and not man. That's very important. And acknowledges the lordship of Jesus Christ. And is also in alignment with the written word of God. So whatever prophecy, whatever revelation, whatever, whatever revelation gifting that's been manifested points you to God, not to man. That's how you can tell. Their ministry or their administration draws people closer to God not away from God. So as I'm ministering tonight, if what I'm saying is drawing you closer to God, then it witnesses in your heart that this is of the Lord, not the other way around. It demonstrates the love of God to the people or to the person that you are ministering to. And it brings deliverance or help to the person. We think of deliverance as only casting out devils. But deliverance is broader than that. That's definitely part of it. But deliverance is also receiving the word of God. Amen? Because the word of God brings light. Once you have revelation of who you are, what the word promised you, the devil cannot uh, pull a wool over your eye in that area anymore. You've got victory. The entrance of his word giveth light, produces light. And once you have light, you overcome darkness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So those are some of the foundational things that we've covered, and I think we, we can move on from that. Last week, we started looking at the qualities and features or attributes or characteristics of a prophet. I don't like that last word. That's why I, I kind of danced around it to get to it, <laughs> uh, of a prophet. So I'm going to um, go through that and finish from there. If you have your Bible, open to 1 Samuel Chapter 3. This is so powerful. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Beginning from verse 1. If you have your Bible, 1 Samuel 3, beginning from verse 1. And we are going to read to verse 11. Now the boy, Samuel, ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, 
And when his eyes had begun to grow dim, that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, so it was nighttime, they were all going to bed, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you are called me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again. And Samuel, so Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Pay attention to that. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went down, went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now we are going to stop there. Uh, my, my intention is not to go through the message, but to draw out some things. You see, young Samuel, God has called him into the office of the prophet. We learn a couple of things right off the bat. The Bible told us there was rare revelation, there was no open vision, verse 1. And then as we move further down, we heard the Lord calling him. He heard it, but he didn't know who was talking to him. So he went to his master, Eli. He said, you call me. The first time, the second time, the third time. The third time, Eli perceived that it was the Lord. So then he said, go and sit down. When he calls you, this is what you say. Now, I want you to also notice that in that episode, the Bible said the Lord walked closer to him and began to speak to him the third time and then began to give him a message. The Bible did not tell us that Samuel saw the Lord. All he did was he heard the Lord. Now, if you go to chapter 9, which we are going to get to as we move on in the teaching tonight. If you go to chapter 9, Samuel is in a different realm in his gift. Amen? Not only is he hearing, he knows the voice of the Lord. He is seen in the realm of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. So what I want to show us from that story is the progression of growth. In that office. He didn't even know it was the Lord that was talking to him at first. But then after a while, after a season of growth, not only does he know, now he's also teaching others. This is what the word of the Lord sounds like. This is what the voice of God sounds like. Amen? So we begin to see the, there is growth in every gift, in every call, in every assignment that God asks for you. So we are going to, I'm going to pause on that, but then I want to run through some, um, some of the qualities that I m mentioned last time. 
A prophet does not always have a prophetic word. A prophet is first and foremost a preacher or a teacher or both of the word of God. A prophet must develop and grow their preaching and teaching ministry in order to finish their race. Many people are truly called into the prophetic ministry, but they don't know anything in the Bible. They don't want to learn. They don't want to grow. They just want to say, does hear the Lord, does hear the Lord. No, you are supposed to grow and be groomed and grounded in the Word. And that goes for everybody in the body of Christ. Whatever your call is, whatever your gift is, be grounded in the Word. Because then you, you prophesy from a place of knowledge of the Word of God. Amen? A prophet doesn't always know everything. Many people will go to uh, professor and so on and say, how come, you know, like what's happening in our nation right now? And God is speaking more than he's ever spoken over America. Uh, how come you don't know? How come you don't know? Well, if he doesn't tell me, I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many of you goes to bed and you, whatever your favorite movie is, I want you to picture it. And then you put it on play. You put it on play in your dream world. And then when you go to sleep, then the movie plays to you in your dream world. Is that how it happens? No, you don't set up a dream. You just go to sleep and then you have a dream or you don't have a dream. The same thing, a prophet does not initiate a revelation. It's as the spirit wills. Amen? When you start looking for voices or hunting for voices, that's when you open yourself to the occult, and the enemy will accommodate you. That's why we read that scripture. The Bible says there are many voices in the world, and all of them have an agenda. Amen? The voice of the Lord will bring peace. The voice of the Lord will move you forward. The voice of the enemy will cause destruction, will cause chaos, and will move you away from God. Amen? And I also mentioned last time that the voice of the enemy sounds very close to the voice of God. Because if he's going to deceive you, he has to sound like the real thing. And we use the example of a $3 bill. If I gave you a $3 bill, you are going to be like, okay, is this a souvenir? Because this doesn't exist. But if I gave you a fake $5 bill, you might be hooked up or deceived on that because a $5 bill does exist. So you have to, that's why you have to be versed in the word of God for yourself and learn to hear God for yourself. A healing ministry many times goes along with the prophetic office. And you can see that both in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ or the prophets in the Bible. Sometimes their healing ministry is very bizarre. You see the ministry of Jesus Christ. He will tell people, uh, he will spit on the ground, make clay of this, you know, mix it together and, and then rub it on the man's eye and say, go wash. And then sometimes it will be, go and dip in Jordan River seven times, and then you'll come again clean. Sometimes there's no contact, sometimes there's, because they are following what the Lord is telling them to do. And if you notice in the ministry of Jesus Christ, just focus on high sight, for example. Every time Jesus ministered to people by the highest problem with their eyes, it wasn't the same. Because Jesus said, this is the prophetic ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ because he was a prophet. There are scriptures for that, so you can study that on your own. 
He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about the two streams that exist in the prophetic. The uh, Nabi prophet and the Rohe prophet. The ones that see and the ones that hears. Praise the Lord. So we begin to see the prophetic ministry and how it applies even in our day-to-day. A prophet can only give you what the Lord says. Or should only give you what the Lord says. They shouldn't be manufacturing stuff and making stuff up. And they only tell you what God has told them. You know, there's a story in the Bible, the Shunammite woman. You know the story. After the Shunammite woman got the miracle of the baby, and then many years later the baby died. And then she was running to go see the prophet. And Gehazi was the servant of Elisha, the prophet. And when he got to them, she grabbed the pants of the man of God. He said, man of God, I'm not going to let you go today. Because in the first place, I did not ask for a baby. So now the baby, you gave me the baby, now the baby is dead. And the, the prophet said, she is in a place of distress, but the Lord has not told me. Amen? So I want to sh- use that story to show you the prophet as clueless as you are if God did not reveal. Amen? And the prophet does not, I mean, you position yourself as a, as a man, as a woman, as a child of God especially if you are called into that office, to be able to receive what God is saying. But you, you, don't, man, you don't turn on and say, Holy Spirit, at 4 o'clock you must give me a revelation. That's not how it works. In fact, many times, in fact, the, the few times that I've received revelation, it's the most weird times. And, you know, sometimes it's in prayer. You know, most of the time it happens in prayer. Sometimes you're just driving. I'm driving to, from work and then the Lord starts talking. It's like, now you want to talk? Praise the Lord. So when he wants to talk, he will talk. Amen? Amen? So you have to be ready to be able to hear what God is saying. A prophet is not meant to hear God for you. If God gives him something, it's his responsibility to deliver it. But it's your job to talk to your papa, who happens to live inside of you. Amen? He's in there. The Holy Ghost is in there, and he wants to reveal secrets to you. So open your heart to him and hear from him. So when all of these things work together, you are hearing from God. You know, my brother over here is hearing from God. My sister over here is hearing from God, and we all come together. Then we flow together in the Holy Ghost. That's the way God wants it to operate in a local church. Not that, you know, we are waiting. Waiting for brother so-and-so to speak, thus hear the Lord. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But what is God telling you? So that means you need to develop your own relationship with the Holy Spirit to be able to hear God for yourself. I know many people when they heard about, oh, prophetic, and oh, we're going to hear about prophets. We're hearing about that. But God, as, as, we, as you've seen in the, in the first three weeks, has balanced the message. Yes, the prophets are going to speak, but God is also speaking to you in your own bedchamber, amen? In your own family time, in your own uh, relationship with him. 
Now, when you talk about the office of the prophet, due to the spontaneous nature, nature of the prophet's ministry, sometimes the message may come and it may seem like it's out of place with what's going on. In the middle of, you know, teaching about, uh, I don't know, teaching about holiness, the prophet may just break off and start talking about giving. So, for example, the first week when I was preaching, I was inspired to talk about books, people that buy books, and then they put it on the shelf, they don't read it. I found out, somebody came to me after the service and said, I'm one of the people you are talking about. And that was not part of the agenda. It was inspired utterance in the moment. Like what happened in the beginning of the service today was an inspired utterance. Praise the Lord. So that's how God will use a prophet many times. A prophet or a minister of God or a child of God has an obligation to share what God has given to him or her. Sometimes God will give you a message for you not to say anything about it. There are some things that God has shared with me right now that I cannot share. Even John talked about that when he was taken to heaven. He said, there are some things that I saw that it's not lawful for me to talk about. Why? Because God has times and seasons. When it's time for him to reveal it, he will reveal it. Amen? So every time you receive a revelation, before you go blab it, Check with the Holy Spirit first. Amen? Because if you keep blabbing it, every time God tells you something, he's going to quit telling you stuff. Amen? So you have to understand the timing of what God is saying as well as the message that God is giving. Amen? Personal example? Uh, well, I can't share it because I'm sitting on it. <laughs> Let me think about that. Uh, if the Lord gives me, yes, ma'am. Amen. I mean, the the scriptural uh, reference that I can think of right now is the example I gave with John. He said, God revealed certain things to him, and it was not lawful for him to reveal it yet. Because there are times and seasons that God apportions. And so you ask yourself, why does God reveal it? Many times God reveals it to you to pray about it, to hold with him in the place of prayer. Amen? So it's not everything that God reveals to you that he expects you to go and blab. So there are some things that God has revealed to me uh, that it's about me. So I'm not telling you. <laughs> there are some things that God has revealed to you about you that you are not telling me. And I don't need to know. It's between you and the Lord. Amen? So you need to understand that. I need to point that out because sometimes because of our eagerness, oh, I heard from the Lord, I heard from the Lord. Check from the Lord to see if you, you're supposed to share it. There was something that happened, maybe, thank you, Holy Spirit. There was something that happened recently. I, the word that I gave uh, the last Sunday that I preached, I received that word weeks before that. 
the week that I got it, you know, because I'm very, very green, like a three-year-old. Oh, I got to share this. This is awesome. This is so cool. I was sitting there where my sister is sitting, and I was like, and I understand the protocol of God because the pastor is the head of the church, the local church, the one that he has put in charge. So while I was sitting there, I was saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, if the pastor Tom calls me, that means it's a sign that you want me to share it. And so I was hiring the man. I was hiring the man. Is he going to call me? He never did. So week one, week two, okay. So I said, okay, maybe it's just for me. So I'm, I'm learning that. So then week three, I was supposed to preach on Sunday. As I was preparing, I think it was Friday, the Lord said, now share it. So I'm learning that not every time God speaks to you, you have to go and blab it. Amen? So you have to understand the timing of God and what God is saying to you. Praise the Lord. So the prophet's office is available to the body of Christ, again, for the building up, just like the other four offices, for the building up of the body. But one of the key things that I've emphasized over and over and over and over again is the prophet is not to lead you. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The prophet has his role and his function in the church, but his role is not to be the one to lead you. Under the old covenant, if you look at 1 Samuel 9 that I referenced earlier, 1 Samuel 9, when the donkey of Kish, the father of Saul, was lost, he said to his Servant, let's go to the seer. Let's go to the seer to go and inquire where this donkey was. Because under the old covenant, they go to the prophet to go and seek direction because they do not have the Holy Spirit on them or in them. Under the new covenant is traveling everywhere with you. Brother Dave, he's traveling everywhere with you. So why, I mean, why do you need to go looking for a prophet when the person that talks to the prophet lives inside you? (laughs) Praise the Lord. So you just have to develop your sensitivity to be able to hear him. And one of the things that will sharpen your ability to hear is the knowledge of the word of God that you have. You must grow in the word of God. Amen. Prophetic anointing, prophetic gifts, and prophetic call. I'm just going to talk about this briefly because I really want to get into the type of prophetic streams or prophetic flow because we have two of them. Some are called are prophets by call, meaning that they are called into the office of a prophet with all the grace and the anointing that goes with it. Some are anointed with a prophetic gift, meaning the ability to prophesy. Because the Bible says you may all prophesy. And I told us if the bubbling is happening, you feel that the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. If you don't yield to it, it's going to go. And if God needs that message delivered in that, on that particular service, that particular day, God will give it to somebody else. And that somebody else will give it. So you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. And don't be afraid to fall and wobble like a baby would. Amen? Don't let fear hold you back. 
to give what God is giving you. Some operate under the prophetic anointing, and this does not turn them into a prophet. Sometimes you prophesy to yourself because you are the prophet of your own life. You speak the word of God over your life. To be prophetic is to be flowing in the atmosphere of the prophetic and to flow in accordance with where the Spirit of God is leading you in that moment or in that season. Remember that the prophetic is God's tool and ways of communicating with his body. Amen? And if you are a member of his body, you are part of the prophetic stream. Amen? The prophetic anointing is a supernatural ability given to a person to fulfill a given task. It's a supernatural empowerment. This anointing level is based on the call or the assignment the Lord has for that person and can be increased. One of the ways you can increase the anointing on your life is by your faithfulness. I keep emphasizing that. Faithfulness to study the word of God. Faithfulness to be obedient to what, what the Lord tells you to do as he's telling you to do it. As you are obedient, then God promotes. And I gave the analogy of in the natural sense, when somebody has a job and they do well in that job, guess what? When the opportunity comes for promotion, they get promoted into a bigger thing, more responsibility. The same thing, the spiritual things, if you are faithful. And it's not based on how long you've been saved. Amen? You may have been saved for 30 years, for 40 years, and you are still a baby spiritually with all due respect. And somebody can be six months old in the Lord and be more grown than you are. It's all up to you. How far do you want to go? How much of God do you want? It's all up to you. So don't get mad at Brother Dave because he's moving and running further and moving faster and doing things more because he's spending time to groom himself. He's spending time to pray, spending time to read the word of God and growing. And it's not by wishing. You don't grow by wishing. Amen? <laughs> you don't grow by wishing, I'm, I wish I'm grown. And sometimes we make the mistake of putting people in roles in the church because of how long they've been around. And even in church, and sometimes we, the Lord appoints something for us to do for a season. And when that season is over, we continue to do it, even though the anointing has been lifted. As I was preparing, the Lord uh, gave me the analogy. Remember when the children of Israel were crossing the Red Sea? The Bible says they had the pillar of cloud that was following them, and that pillar was the presence of the Lord. And the scripture tells us when the cloud stops, guess what? They camp. They camp. When the cloud moves, it doesn't matter if you, you, you've, you know, you've connected with that area, you have a garden that you've grown. It's like, Moses, we can't move right now. You know, my crop is about to come up tomorrow. No, when the cloud moves, you pack it up and move. Amen? So we have to be sensitive as a body. You know, for example, there are programs that we do at Global River Church, and I'm saying this with with all humility, we need to know if God is telling us to do it. Amen? Because if the Lord is not there, the anointing is not there. 
will be doing it in the flesh, and then you'll be struggling and struggling and struggling, and you're wondering why it's not producing fruit. So every year, we should be doing an inventory and saying, okay, what we are doing is God still saying for us to do it, or God is moving, the cloud is moving, amen? We must follow the cloud. So we need to understand, and that applies to you even as a person. You know, where you are, you are a member of Global River Church now. Glory to God. God has sent you here. Sometimes he sent you here for a season. Sometimes he sent you, uh, he's giving you another assignment someplace else. Follow him. He is the leader, he's the one leading you. Amen? Many people pack up their family and move to other states, move to other countries, because, you know, we like Australia, so let's pack up and go to Australia. Did God tell you to go to Australia? There is a story of a person that I know, uh, that my pastor shared with me. Um, they moved their family from Minnesota and went to Texas. Because God was not in it, there was all kinds of loss, heartache because of that move. They came back. It wasn't a good story. Follow the Lord. Because if the cloud is not there, there's no protection there. If God is not in that move, in that decision that you are making, even in your career, in your uh, business dealings and all that, follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? There was a businessman that Pastor uh, Papa Egan shared about that said he's a multimillionaire. He said he never lost a dime in all his dealings. Because every time somebody brings a business idea to him, it will take three days minimum in his prayer closet with his Bible before the Lord to hear clearly. And many times the, on, on paper, it looks like if you do this, you are going to lose your shirt. You're going to lose everything. And in the place of prayer, the Lord will say, do it. And many things that looks like a for sure, this is for sure. I mean, you don't even have to think about it. This is for sure. The Lord will say, don't do it. And he finds out every single time the decision he made was right on the money. And notice that there was no prophet involved here. Amen? It was him and the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we begin to learn the necessary things that the Lord wants us to know. Now, I want to get into types of prophetic streams and flow. And I stumbled on this revelation. I say I stumbled on it because I began to ask the Lord, meditate and ask the Lord, okay, I want to know what I'm called to do. I want to know what I'm supposed to be learning. Because, you know, we, we, there's something called blind spot in driving. Blind spot in life. What you don't know sometimes will bite you. Amen? So let's... Think about it this way. There's a world of knowledge. Think of it like a big circle. That's everything that God knows. And you only know this dot right here. But God wants you to know a bigger dot. So the deficiency in your knowledge will affect your effectiveness in being able to function in the call that God has on your life. So that's why you need to expand and grow. Get books and devour them. Don't just buy books and put it on the shelf. Get books and devour them. Get the Bible and devour it. Don't just read the Bible, study. Do not just read the Bible, study. Study to show yourself approved unto God. It's not only pastors and preachers that need to study. 
everybody in the body must study. If you want to grow, study. If you don't want to grow, stay where you are at. Praise the Lord. That's the best way I can say it. So now when you look at uh, the Word of God, the passage that we read actually gave uh, an insight to what we are going to get into. There is what is called a Denabi prophet, N-A-B-I. That's the Hebrew word, the Nabi prophet. And there is what is called the Rohe prophet, R-O-E-H. When I was studying it, I was like, my goodness, this is amazing. Now, who, what is a Nabi prophet and what is a Rohe prophet? Nabi, the Hebrew word, literally means to bubble up. It means a spokesman, a speaker, or a prophet. In First Chronicles 29, 29, let's go there. First Chronicles 29, 29. We're going to come back to First Samuel uh, chapter 9. But let's go to First Chronicles 29, verse number 29. Now, the acts of the king, of King David, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, and in the book of God the seer. Many times we read, we read uh, verses like this, and we just gloss over it. Why do you think God underscored the word seer twice and the word prophet? When you go under the hood, praise the Lord, because that's really what studying is. You go under the hood. You say, wait, 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 wait. You can't just say that and move on. What, is, what, what, what do you mean over there? Because he highlighted two streams of the prophetic. So the word uh, nabi, when you look at that, that root word, seer, is the person or the prophet that God speaks to primarily through sight. Discerning of spirit, primarily through sight. The nabi is the guy that hears and bubble up. Now, we are in the season where God is merging those two prophetic streams together. You're able to see and hear at the same time. And there are many that stands in both. Amen? But I say primarily. It doesn't mean that they don't see as well. But this guy sees primarily. This other person bubbles up and hears primarily. Glory to God. A seer or the word ra. Or rohe, those are two Hebrew words that means the same thing. You know, like for example, you say see, you say vision, you say know. In English, you kind of know they are all saying the same thing, but they mean different things in different contexts. Because vision is the ability to see. Seer is the person that's seeing. So the same way, in Hebrew word, they have different words for those, is it adjective or preposition? You, you guys that are English experts can figure that one out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So uh, a prophet in this passage that we read, First Chronicles 29, 29, is a spokesperson on behalf of somebody else. Uh, pronounced Nobi, N-A-W-B, like the insect, Nobi. Exodus 4.12, the Bible says, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, 
and teach you what you shall speak. So you see that? The Nabi prophet. Ezekiel 3.27. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth and you shall say to them, speak. Second Samuel 23.2. If I'm going too fast, you can watch the video again. I apologize. The spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His word is upon my tongue. So you begin to see sound, voice, the Nabi prophet. A Nabi prophet regularly and dominantly received inspiration from the Holy Spirit and prophesied to people spontaneously and verbally, while the seer prophet receives pictures and visions before prophesying. Sometimes it comes through dreams. Sometimes it's an open vision. Like right now, I might be speaking and boom, there goes a movie going on while I'm talking to you. So that would be discerning of spirit, seeing into the realm of the spirit. And I also give us the example of, uh, what's his name? Uh, in Acts, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Because it can happen to a regular believer. Because we always think these gifts are confined to the office of the prophet. But the Bible says they are available to the body. The only difference is the ministry gifts, they function in it very frequently. Sir? Ananias, thank you. Ananias. And the other example, Ananias and Sapphira. We saw another example of the prophetic office or the prophetic flow because uh, Peter was also a prophet. The, the, the church was getting together to contribute. And the idea was, go and sell your property and bring it. And they decided as a couple that we are going to defraud the Holy Spirit. They are defrauding the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit did not say you must sell your property and bring 100%. If they had come to the church and said, we sold it for $100, let's say, but we are going to give $50 to the church purse, that would have been fine. But the fact that they decided together as a couple to say, we are going to say we sold it for $50. The Bible said, the Lord revealed it to Peter and said, why would you guys think the Holy Spirit is clueless? Amen? I'm paraphrasing. And you decide to lie to the Holy Ghost. That's what he said. He said you lie to the Holy Ghost. You didn't lie to me. You didn't lie to the church. You lie to the Holy Ghost. And many are lying to the Lord in their tight. Amen. I'm going to leave that one alone. Praise the Lord. You are lying to the Lord in your tight. Now, God is merciful. He's a merciful God. He will walk with you. He will... Send messages to you like he's doing right now to move you in that direction. And the beautiful thing about it, like I think it was Crefford Dollar, said on the other side of your obedience is a blessing. But you have to be willing to make that obedience, especially in things like money, in things like your time, in things like your service. It looks like it's better for me to watch the game than read my Bible. It's better for me to not pray and just sleep. Or, but if you are obedient and do it, there's a reward on the other side. But you never see those rewards unless you do it. 
Praise the Lord. So then, when we move on to the rohe, the, um, the strongs, if you, if you want to study it out, is seven, uh, age seven, two, or three. It's pronounced rohe. Means to see, to perceive through sight, which is the gift of discerning of spirit. And that's why the Bible called them in 1 Samuel 9, 9, I believe, when they were looking for the donkey, let's go to the seer. Because he sees. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And Rohe, there's uh, some other variant word, Rahe, meaning seeing. Rohe, prophet or seer. Azon or Kazon is vision in Hebrew. Now, God speaks through prophet through these vehicles, through dreams, through open vision, inward witness, inward voice, angelic visitation, uh, prophecy. Those are some of the vehicles that God will give them revelation. Rohe is the Hebrew word that describes the seer prophet, one that receives revelation through sight primarily. Now, let's look at some powerful scripture that will you know, shed some powerful light to it. Jeremiah 1, verse 11. If we can have it on the screen so that people can see. Jeremiah 1, verse 11. Praise the Lord. For those that do not have their Bible. Jeremiah 1, verse 11. The Bible says, Jeremiah, what do you see? Do you see that? What do you see? There are at least about five variant words, Hebrew words, which say the same thing. To see, to have vision, to look at, to regard, to look upon, to observe. All of those are English words that I just said that says the same thing. To observe, to regard, to look at. Uh, all of those are saying sight. You find that same root word in Genesis 1-4. And the Bible said, and God saw the light. He saw that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. 1 Samuel 9.9. I've been referencing that all night. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. You see that? Daniel 9.21. Daniel 9.21, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man, Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached to me about the time of the evening offering. He saw the man, Gabriel, which is obviously an angel. Jeremiah 1.11 to 13. The Bible says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Now, I want you to see the fusion of both, the seer and the nabi, or the rohe and the nabi in this verse. The Bible says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, he's hearing, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. I want you to see something beautiful here as well. The Lord was training him as well in this vision. He said, what do you see? He said, I see an almond tree. <laughs> I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said, you have seen well. Do you see that? 
It's just like you telling your son or your daughter, say, what do you see over there? Uh, I see a chair, a bunch of chair. Okay, good, that's good. That's what I'm seeing as well. That's what God was doing here. I see an almond tree. He said, you have seen well. For I'm ready to perform my word. The next, the next verse, and the, the word of the Lord came to me the second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot, pot rather, and it is facing away from the north. So you see the two streams fused together in this verse or the passage of verse that we just read. Jeremiah was also a nabi because he sees, but he also bubble up or speak as a spokesperson for the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, the word of the Lord came to me. You know, the Bible says that all the time. Then the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came unto Isaiah. The word of the Lord came unto Ezekiah, and so on and so on and so on. How does the word of the Lord come to them? They hear it. They hear it either through their spiritual ears. Sometimes it's an audible voice. That's very infrequent. Or they hear it right here. The spirit of knowing and seeing. Amen? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Sometimes a prophet will know something and they don't know how they know it. Because it was de deposited in there by the one that knows everything. Have you, have you, have you uh, experienced deja vu? You know what deja vu is? Deja vu is a glimpse to the manifestation of the gift of word of wisdom. Because God gave you a glimpse of something that hasn't happened, then you get to it, you're like, wait a minute, I've been here before. I was smelling the same thing. I was touching the same thing. We had the same conversation. In fact, you can even predict what's going to be said next. Amen? You know, Kenneth Hagin will say many, many times that the night before, the day before, the week before, the Lord will show him a portion of the service. And then he will just show up and act it out. Like, for example, the Lord will show him to call out this person, call out that person, and call out that person. And then the Lord will show him in the vision that this person has a tumor in the back of their neck, and this one has that, and this one has that. And then when the service is going on, and then he will find out when he shows up, they, you know, live, that they are wearing exactly what they were wearing in the vision. They were sitting in the same spot where they were sitting. So we just act it out. You come. You have this. You have this. Boom. Healing. You come. You have this. You have this. Boom. Healing. Amen. So they, as I was preparing, the Lord spoke the word in my spirit, deja vu. I said, okay, I know the movie. <laughs> he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. I want you to show my people a glimpse of word of wisdom. Because it's a false sight. Because you've all experienced it. Everyone has experienced deja vu. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I've been here before. We've had this conversation before. This is exactly what you were wearing. This is exactly what you smelled like. This is, this is exactly what happened. That's a picture of what a prophet goes through when a word of wisdom is given to them, especially in visionary form. Amen? Praise the Lord. That did not come from here. Definitely, I'm not that smart. Praise the Lord. So the word of the Lord in Jeremiah verse 1, chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. The Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
before you were sanctified, before I sanctified you, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So the word of the Lord came to him. We are, we are looking at the two streams, the vision and the bubbling up and the speaking. Now let's go into the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 5, verse 19. Oh, I love it. Whew. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees, underscore, sees the Father do. For whatever he sees the Father do, the Son does in like manner. Is Seeing what the Father is doing. <laughs> Glory to God. Remember the pool of Bethesda. You know, remember the story. The pool of Bethesda, the Bible, as the chapter opened, there was a feast in Jerusalem. And Jesus was going to go there. You can picture this. Just picture this. Tune in your spirit, man. Everybody's going to the feast. There's a massive crowd moving in that direction. And Jesus and his disciples and his entourage, they were going there. All of a sudden, as they were going there, the Lord Jesus broke away from the crowd and went to the pool of Bethesda. Now, it's in the same general vicinity. But he broke and went to the pool of Bethesda. Why? Because he saw the Father go there. He saw it. So when he got there, he picked out one man. There were a group of people with all kinds of ailments. Every one of them needed help. But he only ministered to the one because the Father only ministered to the one. I can only do what I see my Father doing. Many times, ministers of God, we overstep, quote-unquote, beyond what God is revealing, beyond what God is showing you. And that's why many times it doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. Why do you think, I mean, think about it. Let's just think about it. Why didn't Jesus just say, the Lord is here. Everybody, you know, just line up. One by one. Boom, 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 boom. Everybody get healed. No. He dealt with one and walked away. Doesn't he love them? Because that's the only one the Father is ministering to in that particular moment. There are many instances in Scripture where the Bible says, and he healed them all. But in this particular instance, that's the only one the Father is ministering to, and that's why Jesus was 100%. 100%. He only does what the Father does. Nothing else. Nothing more, nothing less. So we, as the body of Christ, we need to learn that and follow where the Lord is leading. Nothing more, nothing less. Praise the Lord. And of course, we also know the story of the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. Jesus was en route to the house of Jairus because Jairus said, please come and minister to my daughter. Now, the woman with the issue of blood went and took her miracle because Jesus was not coming for her. She came for the Lord. So, that's why the message of faith is so crucial in the body of Christ. You need to understand. For example, if I want to, praise the Lord. If I want to, if I want a shirt, I don't need to ask you. I just go to the store and buy it. I want a shirt, I go to the store and buy it. 
The same thing, if you have faith, you can go purchase in the realm of the spirit, whatever you need. It's in your control. Now, when the gift of the spirit is in operation, it's in the control of the Holy Spirit. But you can get your miracle or your, or your blessing or whatever anytime you want through faith. That's why every child of God needs to understand how faith works so that you can go get it anytime you want. Amen? How, how limiting is it that every time, I mean, look at kids, you know, growing in your house. Every time they need money, they have to come to you. And then eventually, when they start working, it's like, oh, freedom, thank God. I don't have to go to mom and dad anymore for what I need. That's what faith does for you. You can go to the Father anytime you want and get what the Word promised you. Amen? Amen. Now, you see me talking about faith because I'm following the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, we see what the uh, Nabi and the Rohe prophet is all about. John 5, 19. That's the ministry of Jesus. And also we see in Revelation 22, verse 1. The Bible says, And he showed me, showed me, showed me, a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God of the Lamb. Uh, there are two words, Greek word, blepo, B-L-E-P-O, and dykno, uh, that you find in John 5, 19 and Revelation 20. They are also... Speaking of sight, praise the Lord. So you begin to understand the scope of the prophetic. And I also want to say something. You know, thank God for what God has been revealing and the ability that God has been showing through me right now. By the grace of God, if I stay faithful to the Lord, if I preach this next year, it's going to be stronger. There will be more revelation. There will be deeper revelation. If I stay with him and I keep studying and I keep running after him, it's going to be different. That's what God wants for every one of his children, to move forward, to grow, to mature. When you compare the English word or the English language or any language, we have more than one word that means the same thing. For example, the word see is synonymous with the word behold, observe, look, glimpse, spot, notice, pick out, distinguish, identify, grasp. Even though grasp could also mean to Hold on to something, but it also means to grasp a concept. <laughs> Identify, uh, make out, perceive, recognize, conceive, realize, understand. And the reason I say that is because when you study it, as you study it for yourself, you find that there are several words that are used to speak to sight, whether it's the Greek word or the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. So don't get thrown by that because we have that in English. We have it in Spanish. We have it in every language. We have it in my... Uh, Nigerian language as well. Now look at this. In Joel 2.28, we know this passage. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see vision. So you see sight also. And you notice that it wasn't just talking about prophets. It's talking about in the last days. I will pour it out on everybody. Praise the Lord. And remember, it's manifested as the Spirit wills. And we've covered how you test whatever you are seeing, whatever revelation you are getting. 
Zechariah 1, 18 to 20. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, so he's hearing and he's seeing. What are these? So he answered me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And nobody did lift their head. And then he told him to speak. Amen? So you hear, I open my eyes. You know, you open your eyes. If the Lord doesn't open your eyes to see into that realm, you're just going to be looking at me or looking at Pastor Tom or looking at Mike. So he opened, he lifted his eyes, and God granted what is known as the ability to discern into the spirit. And when you talk about discerning your spirit, it's not just sight, because when you are seeing in the spirit, you are also hearing, sometimes you are smelling, all the five spiritual senses are active. You can touch in the spirit, you can smell in the spirit, you can hear in the spirit. All of those are available. You know, in fact, the five senses that we have naturally is available spiritually. You know, somebody's saying, I'm sensing, I'm, I'm picking up. You have to check that out. It may be a Holy Ghost thing. It may not just be your flesh. Amen? You have to check that out. So many times God is ministering to you, but you attribute it to a flesh thing. Praise the Lord. So uh, is anybody learning something today? Another word that's used for sight is the word ra, R-A-A-H, which means to see, to look at, to inspect, to have vision, to perceive, to observe, to gaze at. Zechariah 1.18, then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. We already covered that. And also you can look at 1 Chronicles 26.28, too fast, 1 Chronicles 26.28, 2 Chronicles 16.7, and verse 10, and Isaiah 28, verse 7. Praise the Lord. I'm looking at time. I don't think I have time to get into this. Um, and it's 2 Peter 2, verse 5 to 10. Making your call an election sure. I think we'll start with that next time. Because it's already 8 o'clock. Praise the Lord. I know I, I, I went really fast tonight because, again, I'm still on week one and we are in week three. <laughs> so I wanted to try to run as fast as possible because I, uh, the, the objective of the message was to get us to a place where we are rooted in the Word of God, what the Bible says about the prophetic what the Bible says about the office of the prophet and all the other gifts that are available to the body. Because there are many people that are in the church, they don't feel any, you know, sense any call to the ministry. But then you're asking yourself, am I chopped liver, you know? Am I just, am I just gonna sit here and warm the bench? No, God has a grace and a call on everyone. And think about it this way, and I think I said it last time. If God has a call on your life and God is hiding it from you, that's not a good strategy. He's not keeping it from you. That's what I want you to know. If you run after him and say, Lord, what, what is my call? What is my gifting? He will tell you. He will tell you. He wants to tell you. 
You are part of his plan. He wants to tell you. But you have to take the time to seek him out and say, Lord, show me. Praise the Lord. So the office of the prophet is available for the body. There are some parts of the body of Christ that are praying or preaching that the office of the prophet, you know, went away with the last apostle. That's not us. But we, we are just going through the script, scriptural use of that office. So we are not leaning on, hey, Professor, so you got a word for me? Professor, so you got a word for me? Well, if they have a word for you, they should obey God and give it to you. You don't have to go looking for them. But you also must develop a deep and intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that he will tell you. In fact, generally speaking, I'm not saying all the time, generally speaking, whatever the prophet is telling you should witness to what's already inside of you. I'll give you a good example and I will close. The day that uh, Abner was, the last time Abner was here ministering. So while the ministry was going on, the Lord was speaking to me and I was writing it down, blah, 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 you know, it was mostly about me. And then I got up and he was ministering to people. So I joined pastor and some other folks joined with him to help catch. I wasn't looking for any prophecy or anything like that. So while we were doing it, I think it was right there, while we were doing it, all of a sudden, Pastor Tom began to speak to me what the Lord just spoke to me five minutes ago. And then... Abner also began to add to it a part of what the Lord spoke to me 10 minutes prior to that. And he doesn't even know. In fact, Pastor Tom gave me a word of wisdom the first year that we came to church. It was in the middle of the service. Service was going on, and then uh, you know how we do in church. Everybody's flagging, doing their thing. And all of a sudden, I walked up to him. I think I was supposed to close. That's why I walked, because that would be creepy. So uh, <laughs> I walked up to him, and then he said, the Lord is saying that he's, he's going to bring a promotion in your job, very specific, and it's coming very soon. A few months later, there was a promotion. Confirmation of the word of wisdom. Amen. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. So I want you to see that these things are operating in the church because God is not blabbing it on the pulpit. It doesn't mean it's not happening. In fact, there are many instances where people, I can only speak of what people tell me or converse with me or because I don't know what you are talking to the other person about. It's happening all the time. It's happening all the time. So if you are not part of the party, join the party. Amen. If you are not part of the party, don't be an outsider. You know, in fact, the Bible says when it comes to believers meeting, either has a psalm, either has a song, either has a prophecy. You are supposed to come with something. Amen? Don't show up empty. Because you are coming from a place of your own fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Ghost. It's not twins or triplets. It's the same Holy Ghost. So you should come with something. Don't come uh, dry and empty and say, oh, I'm hoping that so-and-so will minister to me. Thank God. You know, Mama Hadi has prophesied to me. Uh, uh, George Phillips has prophesied. I mean, many, many people in this church. Amen? So I want you to see that it's happening routinely at Global River. Routinely. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. 
And many times you don't even know that it's a word of wisdom for that person. Uh, I'll close with this. Um, I think it was several Sundays ago. I was doing the worship was going on, but I just felt the bubble. Amen? I call it the bubble. So I, I decided to obey it. I first went to John Maples. So I obeyed the Lord. I gave him what I felt the Lord was giving me. And then the next thing I knew, I was, in sh- I was prompted by the Holy Ghost to grab the flag. You know I don't do that. I'm very, very reserved. <laughs> so I grabbed the flag that day. I was running around and you know, doing what I felt the Lord was telling me. So I, I got to a point that I was standing right here. And there was uh, Richard. And you know Richard is a giant. So I felt like I was supposed to say something to him. So as I got closer to obey God, blow. He just opened. And then, like, he opened the tap. And as I was declaring and declaring and declaring, I saw the, I hope Richard will forgive me, with tears in his eyes. So you know that is a, and he told me after the service that he said something to the Lord that was confirmed in what I gave him. In the same service, another person. In this, I mean, it was almost like uh, a contagion going on to happen. You have to learn to yield. Yes. Notice what I've been showing. It's not about a person. It's about the church, the body. I've mentioned several names tonight. Amen? Join the party. The Holy Ghost is inviting you into the party. He can speak to you for somebody else. He can speak to you about you. Amen? We are not in darkness. We are in the kingdom of light. Amen? And the Father is living inside of you. He wants to talk to you. Please help me tell your neighbor, the Lord wants to speak to you. Open your heart to, re- to hear from him. You're supposed to come with something. Every service, come with something. Sometimes what, what God has given you will encourage your brother. They are going through a rough patch, and it just boosts them up. It may not mean anything to you, but it means something to them because it's speaking directly to what they are going through in that particular day, in that particular season. Be obedient. I feel, this is where I do it. I feel like the Lord is saying, I feel like the Lord is saying, I feel like, not that thou thou say the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Because not every thou say the Lord is really thou say the Lord. We We have to be very careful about that. It's not a joke. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for Global River Church. We thank you, Lord, for how we are yielding as a body to you. Lord, we want to go deeper. We want to go further. We want these gifts to be in practical operation in our services. We want to be doing only what you want us to be doing, not what is popular not what every church is doing, but what you have ordained us as a body to do. And Lord, I also pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that is especially trusting you for direction in this season. Lord, I pray that when they put their head to the pillow, Daddy, that you will open their hearts, you will speak to them. When they are driving, when they are cooking, when they are in their job, something will bubble up on the inside of them because you love them. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, every area of darkness, you will shine your light in the mighty name of Jesus. And they will know that it's you that's speaking to them and they will know exactly what to do. For you will hear a voice behind you saying, here is the way, walk in it. Say the word of the Lord. 
Father, we just thank you. We just honor you tonight. We thank you for what you are doing through this series. Holy Spirit, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord.